We're interviewing I, you I, now. How did you get Burke on the show? I think I heard your question, which was, how did we get such an amazing guest? Yes, how did you do it? What is your process? Um, there, there was a, a pull-up from the gallery. From the, the soft one, you mean? The soft, yes, yes, yes. And Burke sent them, so... Uh, <laughs> and I asked one, so that's how we got in touch, I think. But it's an... It's an amazing uh, exhibition in the Southburn Gallery. Wow, the Pope. The Pope. That's amazing. Okay, cool. So we have the opener out of the way. Thank you, Pib. That's just a lesson for everyone listening to this part now, because this is going to be cut from the podcast. But uh, go to the Soap Punk Museum, get the Pope, and you can uh, meet your, your idol and bring them on your on your podcast and talk about how you did it in the opening, which will be cut. So we are starting now. Yeah, Hello, I, think everyone. I, I still have a couple of uh, pops left, I guess, like five or six. So, so if you join the museum and like uh, share a screenshot on Twitter, I will DM you with the pop link. That's amazing. I will do that after this talk, but everyone in here, if you want to beat me uh, to it. And also, by the way, I'm officially considering it a pope for listening to this podcast. So I will track the ID and then you will get credit for my, it won't be visible anywhere but i i will uh, i will write it down so that we pope for this podcast too so please check out uh it's on cyber.io slash sove punk which is an amazing museum and probably the best exhibition uh in it right now in terms of playing with the form so welcome to the capsule 21 podcast this is a podcast about art the blockchain technology and a focus on timeless art timeless art enabled by the blockchain i'm tom layman my internet name is middlemarch i'm joined by my co-hosts Dovetail and Piv, spanning a bunch of different time zones. This very special episode, usually it's 5 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday, but today it is noon because we are joined with a very, very, very special guest who I'm very excited about and Piv somehow landed. No one knows how he did it. And that guest is the creator of a variety of projects. You might know him best for Bastard Gan Punks and also Bastard Gan Punks uh, V1. But he has a lot to talk about, a lot of projects, and his name is Burke Ozdemir. Hope I'm saying that right. Burke, mm-hmm. hello and welcome. Thank you. Hello. Glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to cover a bunch of topics here. Uh, obviously, Burke's work, but also maybe we're going to get some tips and tricks from him by way of story and analogy and his background, and also just general tips and tricks about how you can become like him, how you can become featured in the Soap Punk Gallery, uh, but also, you know, how you can uh, just become a greater appreciator and creator of, of blockchain art generally, you know, if you're not a uh, specialist. So why don't we do this? Why don't we dive into the Bastard Gan Punks? Because that's personally what I'm the most interested in. And I think most people are too. And then we can kind of, you know, go around because the, uh, the Bastard Gan Punks are, uh, I think, and I want to pigeonhole you, your, your, your best known thing, at least to me. And they're also very, very well featured in the museum exhibition, the Soap Punk Museum, which uh, it's fascinating because they are juxtaposed with the original punks, which are worth way more money, but are maybe only for boomers. I feel like you've you know written that. So that juxtaposition also, I think, is, is amazing. So um, talk to us just a little bit about the the Bastard Gan, Gan punks. Just this is number one for, I think, a lot of people. 
<clears throat> so the project had started around 2012 20 um so i was interested in gun technology and and the machine learning and creating images with artificial intelligence i had a classmate in my master's degree who was doing this kind of fancy stuff and i also wanted to work on them so i i was I had found out about NFTs on 2019, uh, and there there were a few big collections out there. Um, and one of the collections that um, grasped my attention was the CryptoPunks, and also I was also interested in CryptoKitties. I was like um, breeding new ones and like was minting some kitties and stuff uh, and at that time my computer was not very good and my my graphics card was shit so i had to do the experiment and i thought that like okay these nft collectibles have many variants and i can use those as a data set i don't want to use flowers or skyscrapers or i don't know dog pictures cat pictures i i i want to I want to play around with the things I'm following currently. So the reason actually I chose CryptoPunks because they were the lowest resolution possible. <laughs> so yeah, because like I, I could also work with CryptoKitties, but then I, I, I couldn't train them on my computer. So I prepared the data set with CryptoPunks on my computer and started training them and I started generating new CryptoPunks who are similar to the originals but not quite like them. So let me just jump in and sort of ask you a question about this about this process, right? Because, um, and that's a very interesting backstory in terms of why picking the, the CryptoPunks. You know, to me, like now to pick the CryptoPunks, I would think of the CryptoPunks as like a dog. You know, it's just like such an iconic element of like, you know, mm-hmm. NFT culture, it's like the most basic thing yes. to, to, to pick. But back then, I think, um, obviously, you, you had to be thinking a little bit, you know, futuristically. So just just to help people understand, because I actually didn't know this until pretty recently. I still don't totally get it. So like, GAN, okay, the mm-hmm. meaning of that, uh, you know, the literal meaning of that acronym, and then when you say training the computer, and then things came out, just kind of breaking that down into kind of like uh, someone who's new to this, uh, steps for someone who's new to this, understand that that process. Okay, I'm I'm not gonna be able to explain it very detailed because I I know how it works, but I'm kind of horrible explaining it to people. But it's a, it's a kind of a technology which is like it, which is a um, artificial network where there is like two different um, net. Yeah, I think in the, in the GAN network there are two different networks, which is one of them is the discriminator side and the other one is the something else side. <laughs> so you when you when you feed the image into this algorithm, it tries to like um, convince the other algorithm inside it that it's 
it's producing the rightest images in a way. So when, when it's training itself, it starts with random input, with random images. Then it's, it gets close, closer to the original data set images. Like if you put like 10,000 dogs, uh, it starts with noise. But after, after some training steps, the, the, the output looks more similar to the dog pictures. But uh, in in the process, you can see that if on the early stage, the the algorithm outputs dog images, but it's it's messed up, like because it's it still ha haven't learned all the details yet. Got it. So, so, that makes sense. so like there, let me just see if I can clarify. So so you have two algorithms doing this, but you could imagine it's like a person. So you could imagine the computer is. You're sitting there and the computer, you feed it to the punks and the computer shows you a picture and says, could this be a punk? And you say, no, that's just noise. Could this mm -hmm. be a punk? Okay, that's better. But it's a, and it does that like a million times. And then eventually you say, oh, that's barely a punk. And that, yes. I'll say yes. But it's not a human doing it. It's another computer doing it. Is that kind of like the way it works? Okay, thank, thank you for explaining. It's much simpler than <laughs> I, I just couldn't find the right words for it. No, I, mean, I think your explanation helped me even uh, say that. But the idea is it comes from noise and you want to get – and this is a question actually. You want to get uh, – you start with the worst possible garbage and you get just to the barely the point of it being close enough and then you stop. And that's why the big ed punks right, look like pretty messed up, but they're just recognizable enough. And so that's – you're trying to get the worst possible thing that's not – it's good enough to, 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 to be – kind of a punk is the is the idea behind the mm -hmm. algorithm. So the thing is that this was an experimental process for me because I appreciated all the steps of this process in a way because after, uh, after a couple of days of the training I realized that I'm not fascinated with the most similar outputs of the algorithm. I'm more fascinated by the early stage of the training because they they look stupid they look ugly they look like messed up with all the pixels around and you you, you kind of resemble the original one but it's they are definitely not it so they were too good actually yeah. and also and also the concept of pastors came up from this ugliness Berg, so they they were too good. Go ahead, they were too good, in fact. The the final ones. The yeah, final ones are almost identical. Okay. Yeah, in the in the version one, I I made a I made a technical mistake with uh, resizing the images, so they they would never look like the same. But on version two, yeah, like on the late late stage, they just looked like the originals. Okay. So you have to stop it before, you know, you got to be a little more artistic than the adversarial like algorithm. You say, you know, stop it a little early. Let me get uh, some of the messed up uh, glitch uh, uh, vibe. So, that, you know, that's really interesting because like there's a bunch of a bunch of different angles here when you look at it. Like there's the background, too, uh, which seems like it has some very, you know, so, so there's background is, is obviously big variation. There's left or right, which is a big variation in terms of the mm -hmm. facing of the punk. Some of them have you know, the big, uh, uh, you know, let's call it the big, I guess it's called, it's a bad habit, right? Well, the big smoke bad habit. So, you know, uh -huh. was this related to what you fed into it? Cause like, you know, computer probably couldn't come up with the big smoke on its own or how did that work? 
Me. Okay. Am I back? Yeah. So yeah. that for the second yeah. second version. So for the first version, I used the original CryptoPunks only. So I just I just cut the images. I I cropped all all the CryptoPunks and fed them into the network. But for the second version, I I realized that in the first version, uh, some of the traits were missing because they they were very rare, so they didn't show up. Uh, so I had to, so I had to prepare a new dataset with all the traits on, like the well-balanced uh, dataset with all traits, different hats, different uh, accessories, uh, hairs, and stuff. And yeah, there there were a couple of traits I added to, like a couple of hats, and I I made some of the accessories gender neutral because like the female heads are small and the male heads are big so every hat didn't fit the the other gender so i made different version i i put the big smoke <laughs> I, yeah. I put the blunt and, and so yeah i think just everyone out there i'm kind of, i was kind of jumping around there are two versions as uh, burke says and so you should look at both of these they're v1 and v2 and um you know they're they're similar but also like pretty different in the way that, that burke is saying but um, anyway, the process you describe of figuring out how all the traits work and fit together is something uh, I, I too, we too have, have, have struggled with, right? Because in the V1, it is, does seem much more pure, right, with this mm -hmm. uh, you know, approach. It's just like it is what it is, and I see that the resizing wasn't perfect, so the noses are too thin and so forth. But the approach is quite pure. V2, which not, you know, is much more successful, I would say, on the most crass commercial level, but is also much more um you know commercial and in a good way which is to say you've got the better trait representation and you've got the uh you've got rarity right there was sort of rarity mm -hmm. on your on your site it lists you know glorious bastard is the most rare i believe and then of course on open you can filter by all these traits so you know you mentioned that you were feeding in the traits that were new but then how did you categorize like okay this thing that came out had this trait or you i guess you applied the trait after it came out or how did you end up with something that is so glitched out, but also still adheres to some of the you know iconic tropes of the punk driv PAP project, like the like the list of traits. The okay, this is a, yeah, this this is this is an interesting thing. I think this the, the, uh, this this hasn't happened in any NFT project before because the traits are still an ongoing process by the community. Uh, so the only trait I had put was this bastardness trait, which was very arbitrary, just for fun. I was putting memes, and I was just collecting Twitch emotes and memes as uh, traits on vegan punks. And uh, but after I released the project, people were hunting for the rarities and like, okay, there there is this collection of. Um, ten thousand, yeah, like eleven hundred pieces. But how how can we browse through them? So like the community did a really hard work on um, categorizing the different traits, and they did like months long discussions on how to make the definitions. Uh, like it's it's very sophisticated stuff. I'm 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 still surprised about that because I I still remember the discussions on the Discord and uh, like the Excel sheets. 
like like for like for like for the face type like for for something to be a zombie and ape like there there are very 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 specific things that you need to seek for example like that people agreed on like for zombie there needs to be a kind of red in the pupil but it it it, it can't go beyond that redness like if it's an orange or pinkish it it, it is not considered as a zombie and that's stuff. that's really interesting because that, that that i think that's a great 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 point because and i think your project really helps that happen because i think in real quote unquote real life like if you were discovering something you would not also have the guidebook that says exactly what mm-hmm. it is and so you'd have to kind of figure it out yourself and also you might have some ambiguity and so part of what makes i think the original cryptopunk kind of this like fun you know camp thing is that it's really just like you know like the game guess who or whatever it's just like so rigid and it's all mixed and match and that's that's it but i think your thing you know your your project really yeah mirrors what it would be like to kind of discover something like the crypto punks as if they were you know generated mm-hmm. to that's fascinating so basically you go in from like a technical standpoint is you know you go in once the categorization has happened you go in and kind of update the metadata on ipfs mm-hmm. and it reflects in uh in, in OpenSea. Okay, wow. So it's very cool. So the thing you yeah. see on OpenSea is a is a result of a lot of work. Basically, I go to it and I see it, and it just seems like okay, like this looks cool, like this is someone did this, and it was a lot of work. But it was really a lot of work because it started out blank on OpenSea, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like there there's like mon- months of work by many people, and it's still ongoing. Like now, people were discussing about adding the background as a trait. And there were like a proposal on the DAO to lock lock up the trades at some point, and people disagreed on it. And yeah, I I think I think this is this is what's interesting about this project because normally the generative uh, collectible projects always used to be. Uh, putting some layered images on together so the, the traits were uh, determined in the first place. But uh, before before began packs, I also remember in uh, hash masks when they released the project, they they had all these traits, but like they had some uh, small Easter eggs and people were hunting for them. Like 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 uh, they they weren't in the traits, but some of them. Yes, some of the images had halo on the top of the head, and people in in a couple of days they just noticed it out and uh, hunted for them, the, like the people who are interested in them. So I think doing a project with like a generative adversarial network and the AI and stuff, like you, yeah, like the machine just produces images without giving a fuck about all the traits and stuff it's it's just producing stuff so basically and it's you... yeah it's kind of a, oh. a, a sort of intense you know thing also because you uh there's no one to you know no one to ask and that, you know that's one of my big things of course like you know there's no way to ask the artist ever and you know i don't even know why i'm asking you stuff but like what is an, there's no ask the author type of thing and then, you know, mm-hmm. even if you can't ask the author, you think, well, there's probably some reason for this, even if I can't, like, ask the person because they're going to tell some story that I don't understand or whatever. But, like, with the 
with the GAN, there's just no, and Dovetails talked about this a lot, there's, it's purely the black box. There is no mm-hmm. authorial intent uh, at all. And so, you know, living in that world, you know, you got to celebrate it. It's a lot of, uh, a lot of kind of chaos, really. And so mm-hmm. yeah, I, think mm-hmm. that's, I think that's really, really cool. You, you mentioned the DAO. Is that, what, what, talk, talk a little bit about that, that, that structure here. I, I did not know about like their, the governance structure and how you made these decisions, but did you, you set up a DAO for the, for the project to make these calls or how, how did that work? So uh, I've always been a person who can only work personally and cannot handle working with a group and managing projects with like, I don't know, giving tasks to people and stuff. And I did this project all by myself thanks to a couple of my friends. They helped me after I released the project like with the community management and social media. But other than those, it was all me. So like since the project got a lot of hype and there were lots of collectors and followers, uh, I, I was under a lot of pressure. And uh, I, I tried to manage the project by myself for a long while, but then I realized that okay, I if I if I stay as the manager and the only boss of the project, like the, it's it's it won't go well because like I have my mental breakdown sometimes. Uh, also some personal stuff, but people are always looking for some news and stuff. So, and thankfully, uh, our community had a lot of intelligent people who were very interested in experimenting with new types of governance systems and DAOs and um, and stuff. So, at some point. After like after six seven months, I I released my released the version two. Um, I had I, I talked with a couple of dear like um, yeah dear community members that I trust to get their opinion before. Uh, then I then I wrote an announcement and I said that okay. Uh, now we are turning this project into a DAO. The like the community will have voice and they will have their own system. And I will leave all the secondary sales uh, up to this point, most of them, as the treasure. Uh, and like Snoop Lion and the other people in 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 our community had were already experimenting with governance on DAO, so they um, they created this what well, constitution for the DAO, like how can how, how the proposals can be made, how how the how are they are going to vote it, what are the vote weights gonna be and stuff. So then. Then, then the project started operating that way, and I, I just became a regular community member who is just contributing to the project whenever I have an idea, basically. And I, I, I always try to contribute as much as I can, but like sometimes I have my 
other stuff that I can't pay much attention to the project, but sometimes I just find a lot of time that I can do. So it it gave also, it also gave me a lot of space to be more productive for it. And also, uh, lots of interesting things happened with the DAO. I'm pretty I think that's happy. amazing. I mean, you know, I, I can definitely understand, you know, your initial perspective, which is like, I'm putting stuff out there. Uh, that's what I want to do. I don't want to, uh, you know, have to deal with all this other stuff. Like people, you know, people are really, it can be tough to deal with. And especially, you know, when the expectations are are high, it's not necessarily what the artist, the creator signed on for. And so, you know, to really make that total transformation, I think is, you know, quite impressive. And also, you know, seems like a lot of work and definitely not what you mm-hmm. signed on for. Is there any, you know, for an artist out there, because you did it out of, you know, necessity, you weren't trying to write hearing the story be like, okay, I want the glamour of the Dow. It was like, oh, I need to get an outlet for uh, uh, for this stuff. So, you know, for for an artist who's maybe you're in that position or maybe like not as crazy of a position, but like thinking about this kind of stuff, like any quick advice or things you could have done differently, like if someone's trying to like make this big, big transformation and, 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 and you know, do something with this community governance thing, any advice you can offer just quickly from your experience? And, and I have another question that, that is a bit related, but how how did you find this community? How, how did it start? Because before you have a project, you can't really have a community or so okay for a question so so my first collector for vegans has been so so punk <laughs> so after uh, uh so like i had made the v1 uh, version one and no one uh gave a care for it for maybe three four months and so punk uh collected all my first we once and contacted me and it gave me courage i made new ones and a couple of new people joined and uh i was and i uh, someone told me to open a discord because i could build a community i opened the discord there were like 20 30 people and 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 people started DMing like okay whales are watching you for your next project and stuff and I was like what the fuck <laughs> yeah and and uh, like when I when I released V2 like it was the thing because like it went viral on those days like the crypto Kobe he first tweeted about it and bought like hundred or uh, minted like 100 vegans and like people started flooding in and uh, like Mark Cuban bought some and it it went crazy so suddenly there were like people spamming the the discord like like it was it it was like 20 messages every second so it, it happened very quickly yeah so who are these whales? I've always wondered whales are watching. It's like who who are I guess Sob is is, is Sob a whale? I don't know if I would ask him to his face. It's kind of maybe a crass question, but would you say Sob is a whale? No, do not answer that. Yeah, he's a whale. I don't know. There were some whales. Like the, 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 the there was some guy who bo- who was the biggest holder at that time. I personally don't like this person that much, to be honest. <laughs> Like uh, it's it was Harlabos Volgaris, the the advisor of Mark Cuban. 
the NBA bet better guy, like the poker player and stuff. And uh, there is a big collector called Matt M four T, who is who is like the biggest art blocks collector and uh, also also has a lot of hash marks and other. Co- they're like shit ton of NFTs, and I don't I don't remember much names. Like the, the Kobe is one of the people, but the the whales that the person mentioned to me I don't know who they were. I love it. I love it so. But 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 <laughs> but some but 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 most of the whales like the like the person I mentioned that I don't like much. Uh, like uh, the their intention was just only speculating, so they like capitulated most of their uh, stuff. So they 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 they, they, le- they left the project after after a couple of months. So like the now there are some big unveils, but they are mostly the enthusiastic, like the like the aesthetic lover. And the, the crazy bastard of people <laughs> right now. Well, it built in the in the Discord. Yeah. Mm. And so your PFP right now, I'm trying to actually like make sense of this here a little bit because it looks like a V1. It kind of reminds yes. me of 93, the iconic one from the uh, uh, from the Sov exhibition, but. Is that what is what is this PFP that you're rocking right now? Okay, so Segwit, Segwit, with with it's is he is a community member. He made a he started making uh, putting hoodies on the big guns of community members who wanted on Photoshop. So we made a collection together. So we we put we made hoodie version of some of the big guns. On the collections, so I also asked him to make a. They put a hoodie on my V one, and he did it. So and I'm I'm rocking it right now. Very <laughs> cool, and that's night. It is ninety three then. Is that? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's just a honorable uh, co- collection that we both made. Like like there are some. There are some really cool artists in our community who, who just likes to make derivatives and remixes of vegans. And uh, yeah, it's I was a little bit late, but I just started helping them kind of making the projects into NFT collectibles. So we are working together. So the name, the name of the project, Bastard Gan. Mm -hmm. How? What does that mean? How did you choose that as the name? It's quite iconic. I think I remember when I first heard it, I was like, "Whoa, what's that?" Sounds better than, you know, a more nerdy name. It has Gan in there, (laughs) so it has some of the nerd element. But you say Bastard Gan. That to me is a thing together. It's not just two things. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you think of that name? So I don't remember the exact time I found this name. Probably I was a little bit stoned. Uh, so 
uh, when I was experimenting with GAN and producing these uh, punks, as I said in the earlier, like I, I liked the earlier versions of the training because the like the productions were ugly and messy and pixelated. So, like I I I thought like okay, these are punks children in a way but their like their parents are not certain because you cannot f- find the direct connection from like okay where wh- where did this punk get this trait from but they also they are ugly so i uh, i f- came up with this bastard's idea because it's normally a discriminating word but it's also it also means that okay in this world of world of elitist punks who who are calling themselves punks who are getting sold for lots of eater and stuff these are the uglier children of them but they are the new generation they are going to be the younger generation who is going to make all the revolution i don't know they will be the newcomers and stuff and yeah i i embraced this idea to to call myself bastards i i i said that okay i i think i would rather call call myself bastard than a punk at this point and yeah. i'm happy that also people people love this idea and also <laughs> still calling themselves bastards yeah i think that's great i think it, it also just plays with you know just the one of the classic now you know complete ironies and as you say of the, of the whole situation which is the true boomer super expensive insanely you know and then that's the punk thing it's like crypto punks they're super yeah super punk i i, I don't uh, think so, but giving people the ability to play with that is a very cool thing they they did, and I think yours is, you know, one of the one of the coolest. You have a piece of art in the show gallery which I was looking at, which is kind of you know taking not just Bastard Gam, but like putting it all together. Bastard right? says is an online political crypto autonomous organization that wants to change the world. Then it says it defines it. It says a Bastard Gam punk is a person who is the offspring of a politician, a big business executive, a large religious leader, a famous author, a celebrity, a sports hero a police officer, a judge, a prominent artist, a famous musician, and it goes on <laughs> like this, uh, a Hollywood star, a mafia boss, or a wannabe is a self-aware person who makes use of alternative political strategies to affect positive social change. So uh, this is very funny. You, you should, everyone, I, I think, should go to the gallery, and it's a video. You could read this, but uh, <laughs> it, it's a great format for this of a video because you're like, okay, finally, he's going to tell me what a bastard and punk is, and it just like lists out like a million things. You're like, okay, get to the point. So very 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 funny uh how did this video come about so this uh, oh you said that that video is uh, is the manifesto of bastard camp punks i i made it in gpt3 but uh of open ai i just wrote i just wrote um i think bastard camp punks is a crypto political organization or something just one sentence and the ai wrote the rest and i oh. loved it like it was it was very cool and it 
and I was like, okay, this is how it should be. Also, it is written by AI. It fits the narrative very well, so it should be a part of the lore. So That's it became amazing. it became the manifesto of the project, in a way. And this That's is something great. I think GPT-3 is great at, which is the repetition, the repetition thing. Like sometimes it writes something and other times it writes something, just go off the rails and saying everything, repeating, not re- repeating, repeating, but also just like giving a zillion, like no one would actually write a, a, a comma list that big uh, unless they were being cute. But the GPT-3 thing is like, yeah, of course, why not? A TV star, a politician, a celebrity singer. I mean, these are all relevant. So shove them in, in there. Um, yeah, I love this. I love this. I think one 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 question. Then this is a good uh, kind of jump. Then because you know, I think uh, you were doing. I mean, it might be safe to say you were doing the uh, you know generative AI image thing before it was cool. I'm just going to say that. I don't know if that's like accurate, but I'm just, before it was cool. Now everyone's doing it. Uh, you know, uh, even people doing it now are pretty early. Of course, Sob is is, is one of the early. Uh, new generation uh, artist himself, but you know when I'm doing it, I'm playing around with it. I don't have to do, I don't have to struggle like you did. I just type in my thing. I have a prompt. Uh, I can feed an image in. It'll give me the alternate views of that image. And with GPT three, it's even easier. You know, as you did it right here. And you know, sometimes you have to try it like twenty times or something. But you put in something and go. So, you know, what is your view on the new generation who will never work as hard as you worked and these tools which you can now uh, use? No. Now the tools are advancing so much that, that, that there are lo- there are lots of things to discover. I don't know it. I think I think uh, I think it doesn't matter that much whether whether you did it this early or later. If it if if you find a good concept, an idea to work with, I think it's it's cool overall. And now, and and now, and now there is now text to image generation, text to video generation. I'm not following much uh, the the new stuff, but I'm definitely sure that like lots of cool stuff are made by people. So it's yeah, like like. Every every year, every decade, like the tools to make stuff are getting much easier. But yeah, but it's 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 up to people and their their ideas. Like if if they are visionary, they will they will put on they will put up some amazing things. But this is like really really fast. But I think what's interesting, like if you want to. You know, get a get a get an image of a ceramic cat, right? There has never been a better time in history yet so far to get that image, even if you mm-hmm. don't have the ability to make it. But if you want to actually generate, if you want to rip off began punks, uh, even with the help of you know <laughs> the software, I think that would be kind of quasi ironically or whatever. I don't think it's right. It'd be quasi ironically kind of a difficult thing to to uh, to do versus creating something that was actually nicer. So it, I think, has become easier to create something non-bastard, but maybe it's still, I don't know, question mark. Uh, maybe it's still kind of difficult. Maybe you still have to fight to create something, you know, uh, that's a that's a bastard. Maybe that's because, you know, the, the sort of social forces 
that push us all into the traditional punk mold, you know, control all these pieces of software. And I, you know, I don't know. It's kind of like rambling at this point, but it wouldn't, I don't think be, it's not like the literal stuff that you have done with the vegan punks would be easier today. I don't think, or would it be? Hmm. Can you repeat your last sentence, please? I, saying, I just does the advancement in all the tools that we have, though it mm -hmm. enables empowers a lot of people to do a lot of new things they couldn't do in 2019, 2020. Would do, would it be easier using the tools we have today to create bastard game punks than it was? No, I think I, I think no because like the like the medium was the message for the project. And so yeah, I, so think, I think that yeah. I think what 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 made the project unique was the how like how the medium uh, spoke for itself. Like but even like, if you wanted to create something visually the same without the same medium, just literally the pictures the same, I think that mm -hmm. would also be very very hard without the the medium. Like even just visually speaking. So I think it's like the the medium is the message, but also just the. The image itself is, is I think, very tied mm -hmm. up with the. I don't know how you create something like that, like the the, you know, using like Dali. So, out, yeah, of, I think out of nothing, yes, but like since I have the project, like it's it's easy, it's easy to replicate it right now. Probably, it it just depends on if 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 you feed it in the algorithm. Right, that's a good point because it's like yeah, in the style of Van Gogh, you can do it the style of vegan mm -hmm. punks once it gets you know once it gets big enough but yeah i think you know for all those ai artists right it's like can your work you know making something in this area that stands the test of time is like super hard because it's getting so much better every second so you know go do that everyone and you can maybe become uh maybe become successful so um okay so yeah this has been super super great i don't want to you know, take up too, too, too much of your time. I know it's late there, but people are going to love this stuff. So I thought maybe we could switch gears for a second, talk about other projects, maybe get some, you know, tips and tricks that, people can use to achieve success. Sorry, um, go ahead, Piv. Have I no, I just thought maybe, maybe we can talk a little bit about the, the exhibition or the appearance of the exhibition because it looks, it. Uh, it looks really uh, impressive. I, okay. I think you used... You used um, or you made NFTs as as wall material and floor mm -hmm. material, mm -hmm. which is a very good idea, I think. And even animated, animated uh, NFTs. Yeah. So, so first of all, I I think I, I I'm not in a place to give advice for success to people, but I can share my um, thought thought of process on my works like and how i approach stuff and how i how i look at the world and also to the art creation because it also applies to the museum so um so also when i was doing my master's degree i, I my my topic was how to um how to find the unintended use of things in digital made things like softwares and platforms and stuff to to create new stuff so i was yeah. I, I i was heavily interested in video games so i was making like 
I, I was working on repurposing the video games on audiovisual performances and installations and stuff. So for this museum, like I, I should say that my my first NFT was a crypto voxels uh, parcel, and the the thing I wanted to explore there was to just fuck up all the parameters to get weird results and see like the unintended way of um, visual artifacts on the medium so also on the on cyber when i when i got a chance to make a, a museum by soulpunk so i i just checked all the stuff inside like okay what what kind of stuff can i tweak to change all the place because i didn't like the uh default layout of the place yeah indeed. it just uh, looked wood, like uh, okay uh, concrete yeah. walls and you put like mm-hmm. frames on the wall i never liked it i i, I was never interested in having uh, having my work on like physical exhibitions and on cyber looked kind of the same like the physical exhibitions so yeah. I, I had a lot of I had a lot of uh, like I have a project called Glitchpix which um, came up from the big campaigns I, I made an airdrop of glitchy images uh, to the began holders and it became an ecosystem I made generative artworks and 3d objects and other stuff from them so it became kind of my visual language of these these weirdo glitchy pixelated images so i so i i tweaked a lot of parameters like the position and the rotating and stuff and like uh, normally the, the the image should stay at the wall but i i managed it to uh scale it all throughout the ceiling and the roof, so it, yeah. it, it yeah, it it changed the vibe of all the place. Yeah, no, but if if you say the unintended use of it, that's that's exactly what you did, I think, with uh, with it. Yes, yeah. Usually, the problem is that, especially with the cell phone users, <laughs> the the place sometimes doesn't load up, and it, okay. it they have problems with the computers. <laughs> but yeah, the Nintendo way is because like uh, developers uh, spend a lot of time on building stuff, and they they find the use case for their product. And they want their users to um, to act in the way they intended. But uh, but but yeah. for, for 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 video games, there are hackers, there are modders uh, who are just tweaking all the stuff to make weird experience, or just just or, or on the multiplayer games to annoy other people and stuff. But uh, if you think about, if you think on the art um, perspective, 
like you, the medium you are dealing with becomes a new playground to experiment with mm-hmm. new things. Like it doesn't have to be the way the developers wanted you to make. It can go beyond that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. I think, yeah. The other thing I love about video games and thinking about video games is that there's typically in a video game some kind of point thing. Here's your points. Here's how many points you have. Here's how you're doing. And, um, you know, I think that if you're designing any web page, uh, you should be looking at it through that that lens. One thing I've always wondered about Wikipedia is like, where are my points? If I'm on this thing, like, how do I know I'm a good editor or whatever it is? Like, you know, and that's what I think, you know, NFTs you know, uh, for all the problems and however crass it is, at least there is some, and you know, there's bad elements of the game, but at least you get some, you know, game, game element. But I, I agree with you. It's, it's sort of um, the, the, the tropes of the video game area are much more, you know, you better be prepared for people to, to play here and, and have affordances for that versus mm-hmm. I actually like the <laughs> concrete garbage thing, just because I think that like, you know, it's for someone who's not as, as, as skilled with the glitch thing, you know, you can make something that looks really, really bad. So I think for the average person, like I am, it actually makes it easier to do something that looks okay, but you do look like a, uh, a boomer. And certainly anyone logging into your thing for the first time, as I did, is going to think like, whoa, like this is definitely like pretty, uh, pretty cool. Like this is not something that uh, is, is an everyday, is an everyday thing for me. So yeah, I encourage everyone. It's in the pinned tweet. Please look at this. Um, I promise you, you will not regret it. And in fact, I promise you will, you will, um, you will love it. So yeah, so let me just, just jump in quickly. Other projects, other things you're thinking about, the future, the past, other topics. You know, one thing that just I love, and you know, I think what you were, what you, what you, you know, how you speak of it in your thesis and your philosophy is, is uh, you know, um, actually, let me, let me just real quick before, let's reset the room a little bit. And I want to just read an excerpt from your, uh, from your philosophy. And, and, and I think you, you said this a moment ago, basically, but I just want to read this because it kind of you say, my artistic statement, I don't know if this is still true, but at one point you wrote this, it's still up. My artistic statement is everything is a remix. Every bit and bite has more potential affordance than the creator intended. Every digital thing can be bent. Errors are beautiful mirrors. Corruption is holy grail. Actually, you said more affordance than creator. I added the, which I should have been. Corruption is holy grail. Noise is da sensei. Machines are the best and so you know i don't know if i like errors personally but like do you still agree with that philosophy well uh yes <laughs> when i when i go to a bus station and uh, and the display has an error and has a weird artifacts i i love watching it that's it actually yeah, it, say, it, like, it sounds very really autistic but yeah <laughs> The, the, yeah, if you're or you're on an airplane and the screen is yeah, like BIOS error, restart the thing. That to me, I think that type of error also, I think, is like just kind of terrifying because it's like behind every well-programmed, well whatever display is like Windows ninety five <laughs> ready to jump mm-hmm. out at you. Um, I I, I also want wonder um, may, maybe you should explain it uh, middle March, but the. The SVG thing, I think Burke might find it quite quite interesting that an SVG looks different in a different browser. Yes, there was there was someone who made I think the one of the Da Vinci or Mona Lisa or something on SVG, and you know, yeah. on every browser it looked pretty different. 
Yes, yes, but we have this with with this project Youngs that we did. There's a oh. like a, a gra grainy filter over it, and it's it's also the same. It it looks quite different in um, in every browser, and and then Tom says that you don't have a standard standard for your artwork. Yes, it's very fascinating. Yeah, this is like the on-chain thing, which is really what first interested me in NFTs. The idea that you could host you know, a big project and it would be hosted, quote unquote, hosted only on the blockchain. And then there'd be, you know, no worry about paying a bill to keep the images up or someone deleting them. You'd be there forever. Mm -hmm. And then since that time, I've become kind of disillusioned with the whole idea because typically these things are, that are quote unquote hosted, they're SVGs, you know, that's the quote unquote file format. I would not even call it a file format. And what that means, not that the thing is around forever, but the thing is around forever only if you have a suitable web browser for viewing it on and web browsers mm -hmm. are these super complicated pieces of software that obviously are not hosted on chain and have to exist. And even if you have a web browser, you know, web browsers can't actually display these things because they're too complicated. So like there's SVG filters, which are, you know, things where you can put an element in an SVG that'll create like a clouds like effect or a noise like effect. And these filters are inherently you know chaotic. And then of course there's, you know, just the very basic complexity issues with SVG. Like if you draw on an SVG, like a billion circles, like obviously that is a valid image that will produce something in someone's field of vision that they can see. And if it's a PNG, you can represent what they will see. But if it is an SVG, the browser will, will crash if you try to, if you try to do that. And so, you know, I just think that like, and that's its own kind of glitch thing, kind of, and, you know, with enough computing power, the perfect browser. But um, I, I find that to be, and of course, it's not as portable in the Twitter hex, which I, I still like. So I kind of I find that to be kind of, you know, depressing and cool that the purest maxi community uh, that I was once really died in the will part of is really advocating for something that is inherently uh, glitched, even as they are also saying this is the most pure technical, you know, whatever uh, uh, thing. Um, so, yeah, the, the SVG file format, I think, is, you know, is, is really a problematic one uh, basically but i don't know if that have you done work in svg on uh this is something i don't actually know of course the the, the vegans are are uh, ipfs and png you know mm -hmm. has there been work that you've that you've done that you're you're interested in where you have like rendered the svg directly from the contract or something like that mm, yeah i i fiddled around it, uh, with it a little bit but i uh uh, yeah, I haven't been able to put a work on it, but I'm I, I mean I I still haven't um, learned much about how to algorithmically create SVG images in a way I'm interested in. I I had tried a couple of things, but yeah, actually, the, first of all, I would uh, I would be very happy if you would share the the project you mentioned to me because i think it will be inspirational for me of course it'd be it'd be our it would be our pleasure it's um it's a crypto punks derivative so you'll you'll be able to find your way around you know so to speak <laughs> uh it's got the good the good stuff i mean what what is nice about the svg and on-chain thing when it comes to the punk specifically is the punks data by Larva Labs, although we think it was Larva Labs, there's no way to actually prove it, but basically we believe it. By Larva Labs, the punk data was put on chain. And so if you want to do a derivative of a CryptoPunk thing, then you have the ability 
to create something that is a pure derivative, i.e. that is no, that, that actually adds nothing, that, that purely takes the original data and transforms it uh, in some way. And I am a very big proponent of, you know, no original, you know, ideas, just remix mm-hmm. type stuff in your vein. So, you know, that, that, that to me is, is a, um, and it also touches on the feeding something in aspect, like you're not feeding the punks into, you know, a, a, a um, you know, a training algorithm type thing, but you are feeding the punks into your contract and your contract has no, ideally no additional data and it comes out this other way. So it's a cool, it's a cool, you know, uh, uh, area. There's only so many the punks can support, but, or excuse me, the markets can support, but we'll send that that one over uh, mm-hmm. uh, to you. One, one thing that, you know, and I just really, and I do want to take questions, so I don't want to get too far into this, but I really like my, you know, I agree that advice, you know, no one should really be giving, giving advice, but I, I think philosophically and process wise, very um, aligned. And, you know, I just think that if you're trying to create something and this goes for me, it's like, you could try to create something new, right? And if you create something new, mm-hmm. there are not that many options, right? There's just like not that many options of new things, but if you take two things that exist and put them together, it's like, then you have N squared. You have like the total number time to multiply by the total number. Like if there are 10,000 things, you could either try to make the 11,000 thing, or you could do 10,000 times 10,000 and pick one of those anyway. So when it comes to that, the purest thing you can do is literally copy something. And that's what you did uh, with the, uh, your latest project, uh, the copy minting. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of curious, you know, I checked out the, and I encourage people, by the way, to check this out. Um, it's uh, uh, on Burke's website. You can check it out, copy minting. It's, 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 you might ask yourself the question, hey, how do I, how can I make a contract that allows anyone to copy an NFT? You know, everyone's always talking about right-clicking. Turns out, technologically speaking, it's not so complicated. You can't understand it. And it's like actually understanding it is a good thing if you're trying to get into programming. Really cool, uh-huh. simple concept. And it works. A bunch of things have been copied. Can you talk a little about this, your latest project? <clears throat> so um, when was it? So on May or April, I think, uh, Rider Rips. Do you know Rider Rips? Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. Okay, Rider Rips were Rider Rider Rips was just like a copy minting the board board ape stuff for his political fight. Yes, I was I was actually one of the d- developers on that project, so I'm uh, deeply. Oh, okay, cool, really cool. Okay, okay. Deeply familiar with that. <laughs> so when, 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 so when 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 he started minting on Foundation, I was like. I saw it. Okay, uh, this is interesting, but I, I think that could be a more interesting way to do that. So I came up with the idea of, of okay, I I'm going to publicize my wallet. So I I wrote a contract and I I made a small project called Copy Mint Berk. So people could claim IDs from my wallet and copy mint them. And it's it's still on. I it actually it was the previous uh, domain name of the project, but I changed it now. Copymintme.barcosdemir.com. So so months passed, and uh, there were a couple of community members who told me to do this for every NFT possible, and I was also positive that but I was lazy to do it but then like a couple of weeks ago I was like okay I'm going to do this project 
and I, I wrote the smart contract, prepared the website, and also deployed on different blockchains. And so basically, you can um, you can claim any ERC seven twenty one NFT on existence. Uh, copy minted uh, and it will show up in your wallet with the same metadata and image and stuff so the reason for me is not for advocating the robbery or anything because it is not how it works I think I think this is a homage to the uh, old peer-to-peer download systems and torrents and stuff because like the with nfts it has always been this meme of uh, like okay i'm right clicking and saving it and it's mine stuff and i was like okay wh- why not because like i think people should right click and save the nfts and s- save for themselves like it they can copy mint and they can also own a copy of the original because the original is not going anywhere. Um, you, you are not stealing anything. You are just forwarding the, like you are just pointing the image. I don't know. It, I, I thought this was a cool idea because uh, I think uh, like the the uh, biggest obstacle the crypto and nft world right now is having is to include new people especially in the bear market like last year lots of new people were coming in but now you are seeing all the hype is gone like no no one is talking about the metaverse and <laughs> And also the NFTs on the mainstream and stuff like people started to forget about it. But I think these kind of projects, and I, I'm not the first to do this project. I, I just found out that there were two or three people who did a very, very similar projects, but they got delisted from OpenSea. Hopefully mine is not going to be delisted. Uh, I yes. didn't check. I I didn't check their project that much, but I I think their intentions were, were similar to mine. But I think I think these are the these kind of goofy projects are just sh- like kind of educative, like showing how the medium works and and also like a fun way to I don't know include people to do whatever they want with the medium. It's not a, yeah. it's not a very serious project, but in a way, also it's serious. I can say. <laughs> yeah, no, I I love it. I think anyone out there who's interested in spark contract development, you think in your head, how do you copy Mint? That must be hard to do, or not hard to do, but like complicated, or like a lot of lines of code. You should really check this contract uh, out. My only criticism, if you can call it that, of the project is that because it's ERC seven twenty one, you can't copy Mint. The CryptoPunks, the original NFT that started the whole craze. Yes. So that is, is that artistic? Or, I mean, that's kind of a big, a big deal, you know, CryptoPunks. I mean, come on, there's the alien CryptoPunks and so forth. Yeah, I, I didn't think about that when I was doing it. 
because then, then for CryptoPunks and also all ancient projects, you need to include their kind of standard, but it is also a problematic. Then it would complicate the project, like the code a lot. Like if this yeah, is a CryptoPunks contract, do this and do this. And if this is something else, do this. But yeah, maybe maybe I could do that. But I didn't. I I don't expect people to mint CryptoPunks that much. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I when I when I saw when when I saw NFTs with no metadata, I checked them and it was all CryptoPunks. That's funny. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, the punks still have this. Uh, everyone loves to hate them in a way, or loves to. But yeah, I think you're right. You can't do special cases, but I think you 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 know for crypto one special case, the iconic. Iconic ones, but I think it's I think it's a great project. I think it's a great learning device for anyone interested in kind of doing weird stuff and looking at it. One idea that I had, or actually a friend of mine, Whale Goddess, had, uh, but I talked about it with him, was to do this sort of thing, but do it for contracts. So say, okay, you come and you mint, and you don't just get, you know, call it doodles. You don't just get this, or call it a Zuki. I saw some Azuki in there. I don't think I saw any doodles when I said Zuki. You don't just get a Zuki uh, number 20. You get an entire clone of the entire Azuki contract. And now you can actually start minting all of the Azukis and they can be your own, you know, Azuki. So this is something that um, I'm thinking about and why, and then you can keep the mint proceeds too. So it really is the, uh, uh, the ultimate uh, clone where you don't just steal the NFT, you steal the entire idea <laughs> and actually mint the whole thing out again. But you know, complicated. Uh, you know, that's that's something the, the idea can you can actually. It's, it's very doable, and I like the idea. Yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> All right, well, Goddess, if you're listening to this, uh, I know I'm doxing you on this idea. Uh, sorry, but you really have to do the idea now, or um, you know, you you got support from a lot of luminaries right now, and one luminary in particular, Ferg. So, well, guys, if you're listening to this, keep listening, do the idea. Okay, cool. So. So this has been an amazing conversation. I mean, I think I want to pause just for a moment and see if there's anyone out there in the audience. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. If you blow it, it's on you. If you have any question to ask Burke or, you know, you could ask anyone in the audience too, if you want, if there's someone else out there. I see a hoodie began. So obviously, uh, you know, calling people out. Wasoshi has, um, uh, uh, is, is obviously has the inside track. So that's cool. Uh, very much an insider. Anyone out there, you know, I'm calling out Matt. Yeah, calling out uh, Joel, who has the iconic PFP. Yolk, of course, Chia Maximalist. Anyone have a question or have Pim and I done? And Burke probably asked and answered some questions that we had himself. Have we done a perfect job? Okay, no dead air. Piff, what are you thinking? Yeah, it's really been a great conversation. Um, oh, actually, or you keep going, Pip. I, I, I actually, okay. Keep going. No, no, I no. One no. More. I have one Ask more thing. You. Okay, yeah. and we, you know, because we're really going crazy here, and this is super helpful. But one thing, and I'm, you know, I'm pretty good at like reading stuff and, and understanding it sometimes. But one project that I thought was pretty interesting is the um, decentralized numbers project. They are, it's an artificial number and it's defined on the smart contract and it works in some predefined way that I was not under the time constraint able to understand how this thing works, but it looks cool. 
uh, this is maybe not the most interesting for everyone out there, but for me, you know, for the nerds, uh, this one looked pretty nerdy and cool. Can you, can you just talk a little bit about this one? Oh man, this, this is the first time someone is asking me about this. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was a nerd question. Sorry, sorry, but yeah, go. No, it's, it's pretty, because this is how I, how how I go into the blockchain and NFTs and stuff like it is. It is the genesis stuff I was very interested in. Like, um, so when I was doing my master's degree, I was just fiddling around to new technologies like the AI blockchain and stuff. And I was just uh, looking looking for stuff, conceptual stuff on what, what, what kind of stuff could I make. And, and with the blockchain, when I wrote, when I read about how it operates, I was thinking like, okay, how, what if I, put um, like in every block there would be decimals in sets of a number and it would go to infinity like pi number and stuff it would be a weird kind of irrational number that would be no use but someone would find the use for it or something and actually with this idea of like I, I found out NFTs. <laughs> interesting. Like I, interesting. Because I, I had this idea like, okay, we, we will generate a very yeah, a number between 0 and 10. It will be a decimal number and decimals will be determined by people and people will own their decimals so they will have their memory on it. Right, uh, so I see there's when you mint it, you get basically... Uh, uh, you know the the address. You basically, you're assigning an owner here. On uh, you mm. say addresses, location is message sender, and so you're sort of saying. And then um, you add to the. But just on the most basic level, are you basically saying, okay, you've got a decimal number, and each digit in that decimal number can be added by someone in the index that they added. They mm-hmm. also the decimal number is point one two three. You know, and I add. Four, then I own zero, one, two, three, then I own index three, basically, and it just keeps going on. And you can mm-hmm. uh, add uh, any digit you want and have it go on, uh, have it go on forever, basically. So yeah, yeah, this 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 will be a number living forever, and you can have your birthday birthday in it, and your cell phone in it, or anything in it, like. Uh, it 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 was a very naive idea. Then I, then I tried to implement it to an NFT contract, but then I didn't like it. Then I made it a staking game on near blockchain. Then I didn't like it either. Then I just made the most simplistic way of the smart contract on Ethereum, like almost two years later, and just left it there. Just, just for the sake of kind of doing it, because it, I, it, this was my first idea, but I hadn't produced anything for it, and and and, and every person I talked about this was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. So, so but, but it says total decimals two fifty six. So that means that there's only two hundred fifty six quote unquote NFTs that you can uh, actually mint in the form of digits. Is that the idea? 
So yeah, but but in in my contracts, they are not even NFTs. They are just numbers stored on the blockchain. You don't. I think of them well, crypto punks. You know, I you know I think of them as like non. You know, they got it says who owns. I think of it as an honorary NFT. So that means it's actually pretty small supply, and this is a very early and uh, misunderstood project. So this could be these could be. I guess you can't transfer them. Can you transfer them? Oh, maybe, you can't transfer yeah. them. Or maybe you can. Okay, if you can transfer them, I'm just going to say, free, you know, free quote unquote alpha for the audience. You might want to pick up some digits. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say that actually, but are they? Uh, are there still digits left to go on this project? Lots of. <laughs> Lots. Yeah, I guess it's not like the most, not your most. You know, yeah, it's a little more niche. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll pick up a digit or two after this. But yeah, that's a great. Actually, that's really yeah. When it gets slow, you can do it. I think, and also it's also Avalanche chain. No, <laughs> no, it's on. It's on. It's on mainnet. No, there's. I'm looking it's at it. It's on mainnet and on mainnet and on Avalanche C chain. Yeah. Ah, got it. So if you want to, well, I don't believe in that kind of thing. I'm. Uh, I'm just trying to. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm mainnet. I want to take. I'll take the. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'll take, okay, the, I'll okay, take yeah, the risk. I'll take the risk. So then, digit. Digit. Okay, yeah, I think. Uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, think yeah memory. You will contribute to a number <laughs> for for some reason. Yeah. Then maybe maybe to, maybe uh, in hundred years it will be something constant. I think. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This is the, way, the exact number that describes, but it is a rational number in the end because it is. It's, yes. It terminates, so it's yes. not. You know, we will. Yeah. So. Um, okay, good. That's whew, I'm a very rational minded uh, person, so that's nice too. That's nice to know that. Okay, cool. Anyone have any final questions? Otherwise, we're going to wrap this short and sweet. This might be, you know, top, top one of the top podcast episodes I think we've done in terms of just, you know, obviously you didn't get direct advice from Burke, but you did, I think, get a lot of stuff that can help you because that's kind of a big part of what we're here. We want to inspire you, want to help you, but also just very interesting content. And, um, you know, also you got some takeaways. You can go look at the Copy Mint collection. You can go visit the On Cyber Gallery. You can go buy an original V1 Began Punk, except you can't because that's 6.5 ETH floor. So sorry about that. But you can Copy Mint it, and that's free. So are those free? Is Copy Mint free? Yeah. Yeah, Copy Mint for free. So you can either buy it or Copy Mint it for free. And... Yeah, I just Copy Mint, I just copy mint the V2 and tattooed it on my arm. <laughs> but how do you know it's the copy? I, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. People aren't going to know it's the copy. No, I guess that's the point, or maybe that's the point. That's very. What's cool. the point that it that it's copy minted? Oh yeah, you well, mean you the copy mint? Yeah, 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 I get. You could have tattooed the original. <laughs> so Versus yeah, because I didn't own the original, but I have the copy minted one, so I tattooed it. <laughs> ah, God. Okay, so you, you basically it's 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 immoral to tattoo someone else's NFT. So you have to copy mint it and then tattoo your own yeah. NFT. I, I don't what... fucking care about that that much. <laughs> I know, actually, but 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 but, <laughs> but I have to to make a point. Like I was I was going to tattoo it anyways, but I I did it after I copy minted it. Yeah, no, I think that's that's good because yeah. many many tattoo parlors will check to see if you own the. <laughs> okay, so that <laughs> I think that's a very funny. Um... Uh, that's very funny to tattoo the copy minted. Anyone out there have NFT uh, tattoos? If not, you can now have the power to get anyone that you that you yeah, want. Thank I you know, all I'm so much. I'm the best tattoo artist. So, 
for the best. So yeah, actually, I guess it was this in, I guess it says on the site you live in, in Istanbul, so that's not doxing you. And anyway, yes. this was in, in Istanbul. Uh, no problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm already doxed. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I guess your whole name and everything is, is, is out there. I'm always, you know, I got my name, my face on here. I'm, I'm uh, you know, fully up. And if anyone's in Istanbul, you, know, you, know, you can hang out with uh, Burke, but you could probably go to his tattoo parlor. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're on the fence about going to Istanbul and you're on the fence about getting a tattoo and you don't know if you can get a tattoo of someone else's NFT, copy mint it, go, go to Burke's <laughs> tattoo parlor and um, you will uh, have the tools to, to succeed in uh, AI art and NFTs. Thank you all so much, Burke. This was incredible. Hope we can, we're going to send you yunks and um, hope we can, you know, talk again or, or you know, attend another one of your shows or see some new stuff that I'm sure you're thinking about. No pressure. We'd love to see it. And yeah, thank you so much for joining us and a special thank you to Piv for making this happen. And I uh, thank you to myself for uh, also playing a role. This is Thanksgiving in America. So uh, we all have a lot to be thankful for. Oh, happy for. Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, yeah thank you and... a lot for having me. I I had a really fun talk and yeah. Awesome. It, it, it's very great. Yeah, Podcast it's been great. Thank soon. you. This has been so great. All right. Well, thank you all so much. And if you're out there in Capital 21 podcast land listening to this, good job. You made it. You're next. Capital 21 out.